0: my goodness, we've got guests. You know what that means. It's another Masterclass episode on Studio Class. Hello, divas. It's Masterclass time, and I want to tell you a little bit about my friend and colleague, Jason Nitch before we get going. So here it is. Jason Nitch's music finds its home on the concert stage, in outdoor venues, and streaming online, reaching a truly broad audience of musicians, performers, and music enthusiasts. As a composer dedicated to the exploration of new ideas, his music has evolved over a 25-year career to incorporate more and more non-traditional elements such as effect tracks, sound drops, enveloping electroacoustic works combining live and pre-recorded elements. Much of his work is rooted in a large ensemble context. You might have bumped into his wind ensemble works, which have received... Thousands of performances throughout the US, including all those big name conferences, colleges, and universities, and so much more. In recent years, Jason has focused on more intimate chamber music settings. You're gonna hear a little bit more about that in this podcast episode with solo musicians, both instrumentalists and vocalists. Stay tuned because he's got a big voice project and I think you're gonna love it. And then also, I want you to know that Jason is well known for his work as an educator. He's also pursuing research into the ways that students process their experiences as learners and performers. And this I love because who doesn't love like a musical podcast, right? So combining his long career in music with a deep love of science fiction and a natural talent for storytelling, Jason recently launched his first pa- podcast called Beyond the Belt Adventures from the Outer Rim. So the Beyond the Belt podcast is a collection of eight original dramatic science fiction episodes for which he served as writer, producer, and composer. It tells the story of a scientific research experiment gone horribly wrong with zombies, of course. (laughs) So Jason is just a wonderful person. I cannot wait for you to hear his wisdom. I hope you are excited for this masterclass episode with our amazing guest, jason nitch yay welcome jason thank you so much for coming on the studio class podcast this is one of our masterclass episodes in which i talk to awesome people all over the music world for us to talk about our favorite things and i would love to get started by having you tell us a little bit about yourself
1: sure i'm jason nitch composer friend to all Possessor of one of the greatest, most uh, well cultivated, driest senses of humor ever. Um, uh, Texas. I grew up in Texas. I've lived there most of my life. Uh, I was in education for a long, long time, and uh, mainly have written, uh, you know, instrumental music and and stuff for the publication market for for most of my career. So.
0: That's fantastic. Well, and I like to get started with all of my masterclass guests by asking you, what's an intention that you're keeping for yourself right now?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, what's interesting is I I was just sort of talking about this with, uh, I have a group of, of fellow composers and we talk um, once a week. And uh, we were just talking about this. What I've really tried to do, and you know this a little bit about me, is I've tried to be really more deliberate about the kinds of things that I work on and the kind of projects that I do, and the kind of music that I write, the people that I work with. And we were just talking about um, this idea of career proximity mm. or career goal proximity. Interesting. And, and several of us sort of had a very similar experience with this in that um you know i've been writing for 25 years but i would say for 15 of that i was i was just happy to be writing and i wasn't spending much time thinking about oh i wanted to be writing and i was doing virtually nothing to try to be writing the kinds of things that i would want to write i was just if a if a job came in the door i just took it yeah and it was just like oh well i'm not doing what i want to or what's really interesting to me but i'm writing so that's it's gotta be close enough, right? I'm just I'm grateful to be doing work at all. Um so so really for me, the last 10 years and especially the last five, it's it's been much more about being more selective about what I do because time is finite. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I try to only work on things now that are really either the project's really interesting or there's a collaborator that I'm working with that's really interesting. Um, Or it's some, you know, bucket list project that I've wanted to do for a long time and I just never did.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: So, you know, a a, a lot of stuff like that, um, along with spreading joy and laughter through the world, which you well know.
0: Yes, I do. I do know one of the reasons that I'm super excited for Jason to be on the podcast is that we have spent time together in in our wonderful Zoom format, and he just always makes me laugh, and we have such great conversations. So I figured this would be a great time for us to have a conversation more publicly. So this is a good time. But Jason, before we get into the, all of the hilarity that ensues, I think you brought up something that I do find. I'll try very to keep
1: it. I'll try to keep it at bay.
0: At bay. At bay. And. You brought up something that I think is actually quite poignant in so far as for a lot of our careers, we, we think that just doing the thing is the goal, or we kind of start that way. And then we start to realize that we have more specific goals about what we want to be doing in our creative pursuits. And I do think that there is a level of almost fear, perhaps, or a little bit of trepidation when we start to make that change from doing anything that kind of comes our way into being more selective about what we're doing. And I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about navigating that or just speaking to that scenario, because I think there's probably people that are listening that – that are in the time period in which their goal is to be working more, just to be doing all of the things. And I know there are people that are also listening that are navigating. Well, if I start to choose and be more selective about the things that are actually filling me up artistically or creatively, does that mean that I'll have any gigs, jobs, whatever, commissions, consortia, like whatever, after that, or am I just basically... Uh, excluding myself from my from my the career that I've been having, am I just like getting rid of my own career by trying to make these changes? So I wonder if you would just speak to that a little bit from your own perspective.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I I I lived through it. And it, it, you touched on something that I think is really important and relevant, which is you sort of get yourself into a very comfortable space Mm, mm -hmm. where you you know the work that you're getting you know the projects that are coming your way you're comfortable with them uh you you know you can do them they're not stretching the the you know the bounds of your creativity or anything like that and you're doing good work but you know it's safe and it's secure and it's predictable and it's very hard to Take, you know, a situation like that and shift, even if you're doing it slowly, where mm-hmm. you you shift away from that sort of dependability and sort of, you know, conveyor belt of work that that comes to you and you say, I really want to do this over here. And you don't have that same, you don't have that same, you know, uh, uh, sense of safety there. And you mm-hmm. don't have, maybe you don't have the network of collaborators that you need to to shift over and do this other kind of work. Um, you know, I know sometimes, you know, I I, I did a lot of work uh, writing for marching bands for years. Yeah. And I slowly backed away from that, because I was really good at it, and I loved it, and I had a great time doing it. But it it took up so much time, mm-hmm. and it just became a chore. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it wasn't what I wanted to work on. And and a lot of my colleagues that were in similar situations, you know, they, they saw me every year kind of shedding um, those commitments. And they looked at me like I was crazy. Right. And, you know, you've spent you've spent 10 or 15 years cultivating some of these relationships, building these client rosters and things like that. And you're going to just walk away and incredibly lucrative as well. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, not you know not not an insignificant factor to and you're going to do what you want to write more chamber music like <laughs> you know like like i really gotta go where some, the big bucks some,
0: are right jason
1: <laughs> that's right that's right there's a lot of a lot of money in the flute trio market it's uh it's untapped,
2: <laughs> untapped and um
1: there's a gold mine there and i'm gonna i'm gonna strike gold one day um if i just if i, if I find the right combination of instruments i feel like
0: exactly um,
1: that, that's that piccolo trumpet and accordion and uh, bass drum you know ensembles that's what yep. I'm that's what I'm totally. working on now um yeah sorry sidebar um so, so you know there there is that sort of you go through a little bit of anxiety you know really when you're doing this because you think number one you're you're entering into uncharted territory. This may be something that I really want to do, but is that really? Am I really capable of doing it? You don't know because you really haven't, you know, put your energy towards it. You haven't put your focus towards it. And then also, like, you know, when you think about the the financial stability that steady work brings, you think, well, I'm walking away from that. It doesn't just come back overnight. If you decide a year or two down the road, hey, you know what? I tried it. I'm going to go back. It isn't something that you just that just reappears. Um, out of the mist or anything like that, so I, I think it's very tough, um, and I think it it becomes more difficult the further down the road you get mm-hmm. um, to 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 make a change like that.
0: Yeah. Do you have a process, or I'm very open to things being intuitive if that's the way that you feel it, but also if you do have like a this is how I check in with myself to uncover how I feel about goals that might be changing or how do I kind of know which direction I want to move in artistically do you have anything like that or do you just kind of is it one of those things that comes to you in a dream and the next day you wake up and you're like I need to write choral music now and like you know this piece is really calling me so what what does that feel like for you
1: I mean, sometimes it does just come to you. You're like, oh, you know, I would really like to do something. You know, you wake up one day and you have a hankering to write, it, write a tambourine solo or whatever. <laughs> um, it, sometimes it does, and and you know, sometimes you have your bucket list, you know, pieces. Sometimes, you know, one of the pieces I'm working on right now, I'm I'm writing it because I heard, I heard another piece that was the same instrumentation, which was kind of unusual, mm-hmm. and I went, that's really brilliant. I never would have put those things together, but it really works. And so, you know, like. I'd like to, I'd like to work on that. And I'd like to try that. Um, you know, one of the big kind of, you know, I guess, turning points in, in my writing, and it was either, it's been a while, it was 2010 or 2011. It was somewhere around there. It was somebody, you know, I I'm probably at one of these conventions that we all go to standing around, you know, talking to people and, and I met, um, I was meeting new people and it was like, oh, and you write music. Yeah. And so, well, what's something that you've written, you know, that's like, what's something I can go find that like this is this is completely you. This is a Jason yeah. piece. This will describe exactly like like who you are creatively and artistically. And I didn't have one. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any and I just yeah. I stood there. I was like, well, you could listen to this. This is a nice piece. You could listen to this one like it's really well crafted. You could listen to this one. It gets played a lot. But there wasn't anything where I was just like, yeah, this one right here, this is me. This is my mm-hmm. total like creative essence. I didn't have it because I hadn't written it. I wasn't doing that kind of writing. You know, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't kind of following my path. So, uh, you know, I I wrote one. <laughs> Good I wrote one. Um,
2: smart
1: <laughs> and and I kind of go through this. I kind of go through a self-check every three or four years where I think if somebody asked me that question again, mm. what would I have them listen to? And is it something you know, more recent, newer than the last time I thought about it? And if it isn't, then I'm like, okay, then I need to kind of recalibrate what I'm working on because okay. I shouldn't be pointing at that piece I wrote back in twenty eleven anymore. i can love it and it could be great yeah that shouldn't be what i'm talking about in 2023 i should be talking about the thing i wrote six months ago or last Mm. week or Mm -hmm. or in the middle of so i i've i have found that that really works for me and there are times where i think nope i really don't have anything in the last year that i would really point to i need to i i need to work on something that's a little bit more uh me-centric
0: yeah yeah i think that's really interesting i think I do a lot of work with you know my students and clients and figuring out like what is our brand. And, and I think that doing that kind of reflection that you're talking about and then being able to put it into a cohesive story for yourself is so necessary before you can really help other people kind of get into or identify with your music or any of that kind of stuff. It's not so much that it has to be... I'm like, you know, I'm not really about like branding for the sake of branding, but more so that you have this kind of sense of this is me, who I am artistically, what I'm wanting to explore creatively so that you can tell yourself and also you can tell other people and hopefully kind of create those bonds, right? Get people interested in what you're doing and what you hope to create in the future. So I really love that you have that way of checking in with yourself about what you're the most interested in, and that you have a, a reflection point. Right? Is this different? Has it expanded? Has it grown or changed since the last time I did that? I yeah. I do want to ask you before and, I get to Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I
1: was gonna say it's it's not always that you're pointing at something really epic either. Yeah you know it's it's not always that you're like oh i have this 20 minute amazing huge you know piece for all these people sometimes it's like oh i i wrote this horn quartet that i really love that yeah. you know that i that i wrote you know last month or something like that you know sometimes it's 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 that and i think that a lot of young composers think i've got to write big huge pieces to get noticed mm-hmm. and sometimes you do but it isn't always that
0: mm-hmm. Hmm. I think that's very, very astute. I appreciate that. That it's really about finding what thing is is being your uh, is br- being the vehicle for what you're bringing creatively, creatively and artistically. I think that's great. The,
2: yeah.
0: One of the questions that I wanted to ask before we got too far away from it was that you mentioned this kind of composer mastermind. I'm not. I can't remember exactly what you called your your composer circle, but like, (laughs) just, um, but I'm curious, how did you start that that group? And or is it something that you feel like has really helped you kind of uh, gain clarity around what you're doing right now?
1: Yeah, um, it was actually a group I got invited to um, by somebody that I knew that was kind of already um, kind of part of a little circle of 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 writers. Um and, and so that that helped you know in that you know I, I sort of had I sort of had a buddy, you know, mm-hmm. um which which also allowed me you know to feel a little bit more comfortable and be a little bit more um you know just transparent. Yeah. Um because I, I knew I had I knew I had friends in the room. But what I what I love about it, I, I do love it. Uh, I I really like the conversations that we get into, because we find that we we all experience many of the same sorts of, of things we we battle the same sorts of things, even though some of us are, are older, like me, I yeah, I'm an old man, you know, <laughs> uh, yep, not. on the downhill slide. <laughs> one one day closer to death every day. Um, and and some of them are are, are much younger you know in their in their 20s just out of just out of university or or what have you yeah but but we all sort of deal with the same sort of creative roadblocks we deal with Mm -hmm. the same sort of imposter syndrome and you know it's it's really great to to just be able to talk to people in a very supportive non-competitive uh way um that you can't talk to other people about Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. you
1: know if 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 they're not doing it, then it's very hard to relate. And let's face it, composers—we spend most of our time sitting alone. You know, most of us in in dark rooms at our at our houses or or wherever it is that we write. You know, um, you know, I I have one lamp with a red light bulb in it that I will turn on, <laughs> so that it's not completely dark. Um, m- most of us spend a lot of time alone. We we spend our time alone. Yeah. You know, we don't spend it in groups mm-hmm. uh, and we don't spend it. You, we don't call up our buddies saying, hey, are you feeling creative today? Let's go have a bagel and talk about it. You know, we, we don't do that. Um, it's it's not the same kind of social scene, you know, as if you're a performer, you might hang out, you know, after a concert or something with your, you know, all the players in your section or somebody that that sang on the concert with you. You We don't do that sort of thing. Composers are not social that much. <laughs> By
0: nature. Um,
1: <laughs> By by nature, by nature, <laughs> we sort the of smile is, and we nod at each yeah. other and we go, ah, you got that commission that I was after last year and, and I didn't. And um, yeah, um, and you, I got, think that, you got four pieces published <laughs> this year and I only got three. So that um, illustrates about, why it's
0: so important to have that group of people that it that where it is non non non-competitive by kind of by understanding by everybody and supportive in that way and you're also still talking about all the things that you all go through no matter what
1: yeah i mean it's a little bit like aa for composers (laughs) um it's been two or three days since i wrote a good melody um you know it's been six months since my last commission or you know something like that I think the other part of it too, is that because of the age that we live in, the social media age, everything's shiny on social media. Yes. Everybody's amazing. Everybody's doing great work. Everybody's working constantly. Everybody's so busy. All the performances are great. They, They don't spend any time frustrated or, or angry or disappointed in anything. I think it's important too that, that, you have an outlet that is based in reality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's not the public face you put on for public consumption. Right. I mean, I do the same thing. I take my yeah. little picture of my coffee cup next to my computer on Sunday morning, and post something. Oh, hard at work in the studio. When really, I'm just I'm I'm gonna pull my hair out for three or four hours because <laughs> I'm 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 in the middle of this you know this fog that I can't work my way out of. And um, so I think having a group you can talk to that's outside the public eye—we don't talk about it, you know, publicly or, or yeah. post about. There's there are no well, we don't have meetings because we're all in different parts of the world, but you know, there's no there's no selfies like, "Hey, had a good time yeah. with my bros today," you know, right. or anything like that. <laughs> um, so I think that that's important too because it's it's grounded.
0: Yeah, definitely. I yeah, I think that's such a such a powerful. A group of people to have around you and hopefully it feels like really supportive and i think we can all find that in different ways but and it doesn't always have to be exactly the same role that you're doing but someone who is a creative person when you're working on similar challenges so i i think anyone who's listening if if you don't feel like you have that that supportive group around you that i think both of us highly encourage you to find it
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean any anywhere that you can get real unbiased unfiltered genuine feedback and genuine you know responses to things that you're that you're thinking and, and feeling and going through and not you know not glossed over
0: yeah definitely jason i'm wondering that one of the things that I like to talk about here is also kind of hard skills and soft skills, right? So with the hard skill side of it, the question I usually like to ask is what's a technical skill that you like to teach? And you obviously have a long background in, in education and all of that stuff, but I'm this is more of like, what's a hard skill that you love to pass on to other people? So this can a- absolutely be something in composition, but it could also be a, a pedagogy skill or something else like that. So Wherever you want to take that, I'm, gonna, I'm I'm interested to hear where you want to go with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> probably not as interesting a place as you think. No, uh, as unpredictable I'm as gonna. I am. I think I think my I think my answer will probably be a little bit more mundane than you that you than you expect. Um, I, I'll tell you, I I I don't teach composition students, and I haven't, um, very very sparingly, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I I have on on many occasions had friends and colleagues pass along pieces, especially band pieces, mm-hmm. um, to me and just say, hey, you know, hey, I have this young student, they're writing a band piece. Like, would you take a look at it? I know that's your realm that you live in most of the time um, back in my back in my former life. I'm a recovering um, <laughs> band composer. Um <laughs> And, and so I would say this: one of the things that I talk about a lot when I have a chance to to talk to younger composers is I talk a lot about orchestration.
0: Mm, tell us more, which please. seems like
1: a <laughs> which seems like a dull topic to dive into, but orchestration is really tough mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, textbooks don't don't do the work. Mm-hmm. Textbooks mm-hmm. are really terrible. <laughs> um, uh, they are the 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 best. Um, the best book on orchestration was a uh, an arranging book that Sammy Nestico wrote years ago.
0: I do know that one. Yes. And,
1: oh, I love Complete Arranger. Right? I think it's called. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love it. I've had a copy since I was in college, and I I look at it all of the time because it's it's jam packed full of really good information. But I remember um, I I had to take. I'm gonna we're gonna do a sidebar story for a second, and I'll <laughs> I'll I'll go back to my my point. Um, I had to take, I actually had to take an orchestration class as part of my doctoral program. I was not a my doctor, my, my degrees are all in music ed, none of them Mm -hmm. are in composition. Mm -hmm. But but when I was doing my music ed doctoral degree, I had to take an orchestration class and I would get into, we will call them healthy disagreements with my (laughs) professor, who was who was who was not a composer, but who was doing the best job they could teaching orchestration out of a book. Uh And I was like, but but nothing in this book is – like, this isn't real. Yeah. Like, I can go to the cabinet, and I can pull out anything, and I can show you real working composers are not writing this way. Yeah. (laughs) There is no one way to orchestrate French horns. That was a big argument I got about, you can only orchestrate French horns this way. No, you can't. Anyway. But but that but that that underscores one of the issues is orchestration is something that is highly variable. It mm-hmm. depends on the group, it depends on the level of difficulty, sometimes it depends on the venue yeah. or that you're gonna perform or the place where you're gonna record. Sometimes it depends on the age group,
2: mm-hmm.
1: what you can do and what you can't do, and what you can get away with, what sounds good and what doesn't sound good. And in the age where, you know, now even probably like two generations younger than me we have a set of composers that have only ever written on computer Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: and the computer makes everything sound good. Mm -hmm. The computer doesn't know it's impossible to play this note in tune on this instrument.
0: Right. Right.
1: (laughs) You know, it just plays it. And so there are a lot of things like that, that I, I, I hear a lot of young composers that I think are real talented and I think their growth area is an orchestration mm-hmm. because they have really good ideas, but they don't know yet how to get the ensemble or the instrument or or whatever. They don't know how to get it to sound the way that it sounds in their head.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Well, and also then and it's, making it's different... very
1: hard to teach
0: yeah. and making different choices than what the computer tells you that the computer can do, and then making the choice when you know what the instruments are really great at and what their weaker areas are so that you are still able to achieve your sound concept but with the instruments that you have not magical computer instruments (laughs) that don't totally exist in real life that way so i feel you
1: yeah which is why i love and I, i know that we'll talk about some of my stuff a little bit later but i love you know like um you know, some of my vocal collaborators that have their little, their little vocal range charts that are real specific and detailed about my voice sounds like this right here. And I can do this right here and I can do this, but I can't sustain it for very long. Like that's really helpful information. And that same, that same set of information needs to be at everybody's fingertips, but you got to know it about six different kinds of clarinets and, Mm -hmm you know low reeds and four different kinds of of saxophones and yeah. you know all this stuff it's if you're an instrumental composer there's just so many instruments that you have to not just have a passing understanding of but you have to really know how they work yeah and where they sound you know certain ways yeah so that's something that i spend a lot of time you know in the limited times i get to work with younger composers i i tend to talk a lot about scoring and a lot about orchestration um because it's not it's not the same what you do in in logic pro is not not what you do with a room full of live musicians it's not it's not the same
0: absolutely well and you know i definitely have a, a love and an interest in hearing more voice with wind ensemble in you know in the out in the world but i find that that's such a tricky 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 orchestration assignment for so many people and they they're not entirely sure how to achieve that that sound goal that they have with those particular forces so I think this is so necessary, especially if you want to, like, if you, if you like those, that combination, voices and wind ensemble, then there's lots of space to be very good at orchestrating and understanding how those things work together. So you can't absolutely make that happen in a hall, and it doesn't, yeah. and not everything has to be amplified for it to work, but it comes down to what are your skills as an orchestrator.
1: Exactly right. And you know what? Darren Hagen was the master of writing for voices and wind ensembles.
0: I, I believe that. that, I believe that.
1: 30, <laughs> 30 years ago, you know, yes. like yeah. for forever. <laughs> like he, he absolutely got how to do that. And he may be the first person that I heard something of theirs. And I would have been, I was still in college. And I thought, Oh, wow. That's really neat. Like yeah. it sounds like the singer is just singing freely and not having to force and not right. having to try and compete with the ensemble because everything is scored just so really brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Why aren't mm-hmm. I studying him? Okay. <laughs> that just came to me.
0: See, thank you, you Megan. <laughs> My pleasure. Jason. <laughs> well, in a in a slight like flip of what we've been talking about, because I was saying like hard skills and t- teaching like the technical skill of orchestration, I kind of like to flip that question around and talk about our the career side of what we do. And I'm a big fan of micro actions, right? That like little nugget of something that you do, right? Breaking something down to its component parts and identifying what that is and doing that thing over and over or doing that so that. It doesn't feel like you have a mountain of work in front of you. It feels like very achievable things, right? So a micro action as the example that I always, always use is a micro action is not write the grant because there's like, you know, 70 parts of that that have to be done, but like it's polish the, like, but the budget figure out like finish, finish writing the budget spreadsheet for the grant. Right. That's a micro action. You can do that. Right. So. Yeah. When we think about our careers and we think about micro actions, is there a micro action that you've returned to time and again that feels like, yeah, it's this small thing that I've done, but it really does help me feel like there's momentum on that side of my, my musical life.
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't have any momentum on that side of my Stupid. musical life. So it's very, very sad and and not going anywhere um you know one of the things that i used to struggle with uh early on is um uh, i i always used to say tell people that i was kind of a i like to projectile vomit music because i would, I would write, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna explain it we're gonna define <laughs> okay, we're okay. defining um I, because I would go through these long periods, you know, two, three weeks sometimes, where I wouldn't work at all.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And then I might work for like 10 days straight and just like nothing but work, nothing yeah. but music. Uh-huh. And then I might not do anything for a month. Um, and because I had this idea that before I got started on something, I really wanted to have it all worked out in my head. Mm. Um so that when I finally did sit down to to do it, I I just did it. There was no mm-hmm. thought. I know what everything is. I know what I'm going to do. I know I'm going to handle this and that. And that still happens sometimes. Yeah, you know, I I have done that recently a few times where I'm like, oh, I know exactly what this piece is. I'm just going to sit down and do it this morning. And four hours later, I have a piece. And that doesn't happen very often, but but sometimes. So so like one of the things that I try to do is I I I try to work every day.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I just accept the fact that on some days I'm going to write trash <laughs> and I'm going to write things that are not ever going to see the light of day and are never going to turn into anything. And, but it's, it's deliberate action mm-hmm.
2: um,
1: so that I, I'm, I've, I'm not just passively waiting for the next burst of inspiration.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. and what I found and this is a relatively new thing I would say within the last couple of years maybe three four years um, what I found is that you know I, I may write something and I go oh this is terrible this is really dumb and I don't think about it for six or eight months but then I'll cycle through that stuff every now and then I'll go oh actually this wasn't that bad an idea because I something is something's dislodged in my my very yeah. crowded brain and and I figured out what the next part is, or what this weird transition is, or oh, this really isn't the melody; this is the ostinato. So, mm. um, so in in a way, it's it's been good because it's more of a routine and it's more regular and not inconsequentially. I would say I've written some of my my best stuff the last four or five years once I started to do this, um, but it's a. It's a really simple thing It doesn't mean I sit down and write for three or four hours. I mm-hmm. might sit down and write for fifteen minutes and go, you know what I just don't have it today i'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go do something else but I, I try to be very deliberate about doing a, so, something a little bit every day
0: That's great. How have you had to change your schedule or think about scheduling so that that can happen because you are a very very busy person and so, <laughs> um how, and I know. very
1: very busy lots going on all (laughs) the time
0: but you have just look
1: just look at my instagram very very busy yeah no you have a lot of projects you
0: care about being with your family like you do have like a a very a very involved job you know all of these kinds of things and so i it's one thing when we look around and we're like oh well if i didn't have all of these things then i could write every day and and it's another thing when we look at our lives and we say Okay, I have all of this, and I do want to be present, you know, in my life and have fun and see my family and do all of the work that I want to do. So how am I going to structure this in a way where I I know I am going to sit down and write or give myself that opportunity? Hey there, divas. Real quick thing before we get back to the rest of this episode. Do you love Studio Class? You can support it now by joining the Sybaritic Camerata on Patreon. It's just at patreon.com slash M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. For $10 a month, you can join the listening circle where you get access to bonus episodes. You can make listener requests. And for $20 a month, you can become a Masterclass Scholar. Do you ever wish you could ask our Masterclass episode guests a question? here's your chance as a masterclass scholar you're invited to the recording of the masterclass episodes and you get to ask your questions during an exclusive q a after the taping so come on over check it out patreon.com slash and now we're back to the episode
1: yeah it's it's tough it's it's tough and you have to have a plan Mm-hmm. and i you know i have some friends that are like you know hey every day from 1 to 5 i write music and I, mm-hmm. okay i i i've never been able to operate that i think because yeah I, I spent so much time as a teacher um i got sort of accustomed to this idea that you know my writing time was going to be irregular mm-hmm. and it had to happen in the margins <laughs> or you know in in the spaces between all the other things yeah um you know, when I was a high school band director, it was like, well, I know Friday night, it's gonna be football and I know, <laughs> yeah. but maybe I have some time on Saturday, you know? So I, my writing became, it happened in pockets. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's. I think it's easier for me because I, I'm not in one of those places where I feel like I have to write at a certain time
2: mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I have
1: to write for a certain amount of time. I'm even to the point now I don't even have to write in a certain place.
2: Oh, nice. Um, yeah.
1: You know, and there was a time where I was like, I really didn't feel like I could I could relax and focus and clear my head unless I was, you know, I was sitting in my studio and and um, you know, I had a bad science fiction movie on in the background. My one red light. <laughs> don't forget the red light. It's uh it's a Star Wars lamp, but it's got a red light in it because <laughs> because the dark side is the best. Um there was a long time where you know, if I wasn't in that, it wasn't perfect conditions, you know, it's not sixty eight degrees uh, <laughs> then i couldn't I couldn't do it. but um in in my old age i f- I find i'm I'm much more um I'm much more flexible about writing conditions and and it means that i can I can find more little pockets of time to work mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I didn't have before. So especially on a day when I'm not feeling it, it's easy. like yeah. oh I can find fifteen minutes somewhere to to throw something down and then promptly discard it. And if I have a really good idea, then it then it becomes more challenging because I know, oh, I really need an hour or two. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. do I have it? Do I need to shuffle something around? Do I need to postpone something? Um, you know, those kinds of things. And, of course, you're right. Like with the family, with the kids, and my girls are getting older, they're doing more things. I want to be at their things, too. Um so, yeah, it it can definitely be challenging, but you know, I think if you if you just look, it's like anything else. You make time for it, you have it. If you mm-hmm. don't, you don't.
0: Yeah, I think so. I'm. This is purely a selfish question at this point, but uh, I like this this <laughs> idea of being able to sit down and knowing that you only have 15 minutes to do something. I think forces you into a really efficient like switching of gears, almost like it's like okay, I'm going to. And because you're wanting to come up, you know, you're wanting to generate musical material, right? That's a the creative process. And there's a lot of craft to it, but you also have to, like, be able to balance craft and imagination working together. And if you know that you only have a pocket of, like, 15 minutes that you're going to just try writing something today, I think that that means that you've made your process from you know whatever you were doing right before to getting into that craft and imagination space very efficient and i i'm curious if you if you've consciously worked towards that being able to switch gears into a into your kind of creative process a little bit more or you know if that was always something that was natural for you because i think sometimes i'll think about this myself or with other people that when you even if you want to jump into your creative space maybe you need more than 15 minutes to feel like you're kind of warmed up into it or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a little survival of the fittest, like it's Mm -hmm. sort of born out of necessity, you know, more than anything else. Um, But, you know, at the same time, I think, you know, if you're if you're going to make writing part of your life, like first you got to really want to
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) because it's, there are many more days that are, you know, soul sucking, you know, like totally debilitating, you know, days, than there are like super cheering pictures at the end of the concert days. Like that's four or five times a year. There's many, many more days other than that. Um, (laughs) But if you're going to, if you're going to do it, if you're gonna do it then uh, then i think you got to really embrace it and you got to find that time for it yeah um i don't think i i think if i was just kind of like oh i'll write sometime mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. then
1: I, I i don't i don't think i would be happy with what i was doing i don't think i would be producing you know much uh you know at all um and then I think, again, it, it goes back to when I was talking about career proximity. It's like, well, I'm writing something. I'm writing mm-hmm. occasionally. I'm mm-hmm. writing some. Mm-hmm. Isn't that enough? You know, like, so I, I just think you got to be intentional. Decide, decide you're going to really commit to it and then find the time. You may not have 15 minutes. You might have five. You mm-hmm. might not have time every day, but maybe yeah. you're going to go three days a week, four days a week. You know, it's it's, it's got to be things like that because you also you also do need a life.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that's New what I'm friends. hearing you say, too, is also just that when the expectation is that you're going to do it every day, even if it's a short amount of time, you'll just know that you need to get to the point. You can't just spend your 15 minutes being like, well, maybe what about this thing? And what about that thing? No, you're just right. like, well, I'm just right. going to do it. I'm just going to jump right in. Let me
1: find the right font for the title. <laughs> you know,
0: that's what I love to call procrastinating, branding, which is like. <laughs> like picking your colors for your website and I'm like I I don't care change it the next time it doesn't matter just start (laughs) it's like yeah I get it good that's good Uh, from people that care about fonts and and like colors and stuff like that just pick one now and change it later but (laughs) don't spend as much time like being like this is what the font is for this title this piece title (laughs) Write the piece.
1: <laughs> yeah, you you got to really go. Another thing that I'll do that I'll share is that I, I try when I stop, if I'm coming to a stopping point or I'm running out of time or I know something's yeah. coming up, I try never to stop at the end of an idea. I mm. try to stop in the middle. Mm-hmm. So the next time I bring it up, I'm not at the end of a thought and then trying to figure out what I was doing and pick it up. I'm always like, oh, I need to finish this thing I've already started. Yeah. I have a thread to pull on yeah and it it makes it easier to jump back into it because you're you're not at as much a point of finality yeah so um unless i'm done with something and then i'm at the point of finality actually that's a good name for a piece point of finality i'm gonna make sure the font is right (laughs) right next to darren Hagen. so now it says point of finality darren And i'm not sure i'm gonna know what that means when i see this again tomorrow on my yellow pad or
0: it's going to be excerpted from this episode as a threat to Darren Hogan.
1: <laughs> That's what it's going like, to be. Yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. Darren, we, we love you.
0: We love you. We love you. Not a threat. No, no, I'm, no violence I'm, here. I'm
1: threatened by your creativity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I do want to make sure that we get to a couple of these things, which is I... You have so many interesting projects. And a couple of the ones that I'd like to make sure we really specifically talk about is the podcast and also talking about your your vocal music, a kind of collection that you're working on. So I'm hoping that we could jump in first and talk about the podcast a little bit more and where that where that idea came from, like why you wanted to pursue it in that format. Also, kind of any any of the interesting things that you had to explore, challenges that you weren't sure how you were going to like make happen to to kind of put this all together. And and I think there are lots of people that are interested by the, choosing uh, this format, this this platform for musical exploration. And I'm wondering if you could kind of speak to that a little bit more
1: yes yeah well podcasting is a perfect format for me because i've got a i've got a face made for radio as they say (laughs) um so the the podcast uh it's it's called beyond the belt adventures from the outer room it's a science fiction drama um and we're just about season three is in production right now and it will release memorial day so that's exciting oh how
0: exciting Um, congratulations
1: Oh, yeah, no, very exciting. So it it comes from a couple of places. You know, first, I've always been a real science fiction uh, fan. Um, I used to say the worse the science fiction movie, the better. If it's it's like Sunday night, and it's 3am, and it's on the sci fi channel, I'm probably watching. so I, I've always really loved science fiction. I mean, I love Star Wars and all that. I love, you know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan and all the Star Trek and Stargate. And if it's got star in the title, pretty much I'm in. <laughs> you like,
0: um, that hooks me right there.
1: That hooks me right there. What's that star? I'm in, I'm watching. <laughs> um, so it, it, it came out of a, you know, a lifelong just sort of, you know, love of the genre, but it, it also came out of, you know, uh, you know, I talked before about, you know that sort of uh, not having that that one piece to share with people. Mm-hmm. And back in 2011, the, the piece that I wrote um, was called "Poem at the End of the World," and it was it was this really sh- strange. It's wonderful, but it was a strange grouping of performers. It was like a string orchestra and a trumpet soloist and a soprano, and then there was like seven or eight narrators. Like it was really <laughs> insane. Yeah, I mean, and and I love it. And I I every every couple of years I'll pull it out and I'll listen to it and I'll go, yeah, I really like this. Is it's a really special piece because it was such a turning point. But I also think nobody's going to pl- play this because it's just so weird. You know, like who's going to put this kind of time into things? Anyway, I, I thought what I would do next after that was I really wanted to do like a piece that was like set up like an old radio show. Yeah. Um, you know, like an old, like Orson Welles kind of a thing. And I was getting into electroacoustic music, so I was fiddling around with effects and sound drops and those kinds of things. And I thought, wouldn't it be neat, you know, if you had you know, the orchestras kind of playing soundtrack, but you have like somebody up there that's kind of like narrating the story. And then, you know, you you can see some of the effects, but then we'll also drop some in, that'll shake the walls and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> And I and I thought I could do a series of of those, you know, with like a little campy introduction and then we'll do the story. And I could never figure out quite how to make it work.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, It was it was it was like it was five too many things to try and and figure out all at once. Um, So I'd work on it a little bit and then I'd set it aside and then, you know, I'd work on a little bit and I'd set it aside and then I'd get busy on some other things. And so anyway, I had this story um, that ended up being uh, ended up being the first episode of the Beyond the Belt podcast. That was the story that I had for that piece I was trying to write. And um, I think you may correct me, but I think I was talking about it with you. And I think you're the one that said, "Have you thought about making a podcast?" Wasn't that you?
0: Oh, I I absolutely cannot take credit for that. No way. <laughs> I
1: don't. I think it was you. <laughs> I, I, I really do. I think I think you and I were talking about it, and I think you said podcast. And I didn't know podcast. I wasn't a podcast <laughs> listener. All I knew about podcasts is that like people got on and they talked about like like, like Charles Manson murders and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> I didn't know. Or, or like sports teams and things. I I just thought it's like it's like radio for the internet or whatever. Right. Like I, well, I was yeah. not a podcast listener. It was completely you, and and um, and that's the story I've told people, and I'll continue to tell people. Okay. Well, uh, I'm pretty. Now I'm that pretty sounds true. very self-aggrandizing
0: that, that I brought it up. Um, I did not think so. That. Thank
1: you. <laughs> thank you for asking me about that, so that I could point out this, you know, no. this amazing revelation you provided in my uh, in my career. Oh um, no if it wasn't you then i owe somebody a thank you i don't know who who it is
0: whoever's listening Um, and they want to take credit for this please
1: it might be you You know what drop me a message we can agree that it was you (laughs) um so anyway i did some podcast listening someone in the world suggested to me maybe this is a podcast yeah maybe it was megan maybe it was somebody else maybe it was somebody else named megan i don't know
0: yeah there are a bunch of us we're gonna table
1: that part um so I listened to some podcasts. I found some, and it was, it was some really great shows. I went, "Oh yeah, actually, this might be, this might be the right, this might be the right format." This is kind of yeah. what I was thinking about. So then it became, uh, first, could I write it? Because mm-hmm. I didn't know. I had the story, but it wasn't like I had dialogue and stuff yeah. like that. I didn't have any of that. I'd never done anything like that. I didn't have any voice actors. <laughs> You know, I, I yeah. you know, like I didn't know how to, if I had them and I had them record the things, I had no idea how to edit them together because that was not my jam. Um, so so that was it. I wrote the story um, with the dialogue for the first episode. And I pretty much decided I would do the first episode and just see if it's possible or if yeah. this is really dumb. <laughs> and and so I wrote it and I went, OK, this isn't too bad. Um, Let me find some people to record it. So I found some great voice um, voice actors and actresses to um, to record the first episode for me. And I kind of edited the story together, and then I sat down and I wrote um, the soundtrack, the score for that first episode. And uh, my good friends at the Cape Town Philharmonic recorded it for me um, in the middle of the night in Texas, but I assumed during the day in South Africa. But um, <laughs> it was like 3 a.m. where I was watching on the Zoom. And um, and so then I had that, and I went, okay, I have this recording of the dialogue, I have this recording of the score, uh, I'll figure out how to put it all together. And I did, and I went, oh, now I need sounds of doors opening, and explosions, and gunfire, how do I do that? And so then I figured that out. And so um, I got to that, that whole thing probably took, I don't know, three months, the first episode, well, yeah. maybe three months, four months, it, it was a while. Um all the while i started editing i was like well if this really is going to work i need more than one episode
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right and so you're I had like gone oh, ahead, can each episode be like three months in the making like
1: or <laughs> like... will release one season every five years it'd be great <laughs> everybody will have so much anticipation for what happens next so
0: much <laughs> um
1: so while, while i'm trying to figure out if i can make episode one i was writing the other episodes of the of the season I was I was writing the stories and the dialogue um and I I I got to a point and I I had edited it all together and no one had heard this I didn't really talk about it with anybody because I thought I don't want to talk about this with everybody and then it doesn't work and then they're like ah Jason's so dumb for trying to do this thing (laughs) I talked to nobody about it yeah Um, like like my wife sorta knew something was up, that I was working on something, but it's not unusual for me to be working on something and and be like, yeah, I don't wanna share this with you yet. She's used yeah. to that. So so I remember I pulled her into my my studio one day and I said, I'm gonna play this for you. And I explained to her what it was. And I said, if you, if you like it, if you don't like it, if it makes sense, if it doesn't make any sense, if you think it's dumb, if you think it's great, when it's over, I just need you to say, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: honestly and, such uh, a real feeling for like all of us as creative people just like with our with our people in our lives to be like hey i'm gonna share this with you also regardless of your feelings just maybe a good thumbs up and and then just yeah. go about your business and then that'd you, be fine and then you
1: just leave <laughs> yeah right. i don't want to hear anything <laughs> else you just you say hey that was neat and you go
0: and i feel like um, we all understand so anyway. that with each other
1: <laughs> absolutely absolutely so that that went okay and then i played it for a couple of other people and and everybody sort of you know the kind of dozen people i shared it with were kind of like yeah this is really something that you should that, that you should really go after so um i think i wrote and recorded and edited the other seven episodes of of season one i think took me three months
2: wow um,
1: because essentially when i was done with episode one i'd figured out all the things all the things to mess up and all the ways to do it wrong yeah and i I'd, I'd figured out kind of kind of what i needed to do um and there's still some things when i when i hear parts of season one i go ah i could do that better now but you know it's it's an artifact of where i was creatively at that point so absolutely um, so anyway that's that's sort of that's sort of what happened and then to my astonishment people listened yeah i was as surprised as anybody but i re- i released the the season one one episode at a time um for eight weeks and and people listened and I wow. said well if people listen I'll do another season and yeah then now we're going into season three and I'm, I'm in the middle of editing season three and writing season four so
0: that's so cool congratulations like really I, yeah. I just love from also just this conversation when we were talking very early at the beginning about exploring what we get excited about and following kind of artistic goals even when they've changed you know you wouldn't i i doubt that you would have known that you would have been writing and composing an entire podcast you know series even what six years ago or something like that and and then those threads all started to come together and you did the the hard work of you know all of those times that you have to like google like how do you add this sound effect to the thing right (laughs) like the all of that kind of stuff yeah i won't tell you
1: how many different variations of laser blasts i listened to because, i was like oh that's the one that's the one one i want this is the one laser blast i need yes very cool awesome (laughs) let's go on to explosions where's the explosion that i need yeah yeah it was it was really strange
0: and the fact that you've that you've done that work, you knew that you were committed to that goal, right? That artistic goal, that creative goal for yourself and doing the finding the right laser sound is the, is that little micro action kind of stuff where you're like, well, no, I just have to find it. Like I got to get there. Otherwise this is not what I want it to be. And I think we all have that, but that's that unglamorous side of our, of our creative work
1: where, right
0: what you're saying is you just sit down and commit yourself to it. Um, and.
1: Well, the, and I had nothing yeah. to lose because the yeah. worst thing that could happen was no one listened. And every composer has experienced that. So <laughs> nothing to be feared there. <laughs> like. Nothing
0: to be feared. You're like, it's only no. when people like listen and hate it that that, that gets really, if nobody That's listens right. then really no, but no you
1: skin <laughs> If 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 they're if they're hating it and they're complaining, you've reached them on an emotional level, and I count Absolutely. that as a win.
0: I'll I'll also take that as a win after I'm done crying about it.
1: <laughs> That's right. You may cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots of crying involved. Let's not sugarcoat it. There's plenty of tears, but but yeah, you've touched somebody emotionally. So where that you have elicited a response from them.
0: Right. Right. That's powerful stuff. <laughs> Oh, I feel like, yep, I hope those reviewers are still thinking about me and the emotional response that I elicited for them. <laughs> like,
2: that's right. But
0: oh, that's we right. all, but that's exactly it. And so I really, I really appreciate you talking about this whole, the whole process of creating something like that, which is, which is committing to it. And that, that you really do have a lot of time that you, that you spend in, in, individual pursuit of something like that before you can share it more broadly yeah. and just staying committed because also those things.
1: you're you're creating a whole world mm-hmm mm-hmm you know, I, you know. I, honestly, after season one, the rest has been easy because the world exists and the characters yeah. exist, and there are little threads that you can pull on that you left open in other places, and you have themes. Yeah. And you know, you have your good good guy theme and your bad guy theme, and you have your you know innocent civilian theme and you know all that <laughs> kind of stuff that you just go, oh, this is a this is a bad guy. I use the bad guy theme. Here it is. Sprinkle, <laughs> sprinkle, sprinkle. <laughs>
2: sprinkle. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> with that in mind, as you've been approaching, I know a bigger project that you're working on right now is all of these art songs, like a collection of art songs where you're doing a lot of collaborating. Yeah. Has it felt like the the beginnings of the podcast where you're doing a lot of that kind of discovery part? Or does it seem more like a mixture of, oh, I've done this work before, it's just a different instrument than than I'd been spending a lot of time with in the past?
1: Oh yeah, all those things. It, I'll it, leave um, all of those things. It feels uncomfortable, and and I had I ignored writing for voices for twenty years. What,
0: did you? And not just, like I wasn't this? comfortable with it. Like,
1: uh, you know, I don't know. I, <laughs> no, you're 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 lovely. You know, I, <laughs> I don't know. I I think it's because I you know I I am I am not a great singer myself, so I think mm-hmm. I had I had a hard time just like. Yeah, imagining those those uh, those sorts of things, and then the idea of of setting text, picking text, setting text, just seemed to me like something that I was not uh, I was not well equipped for. And the times that I would try it, it wasn't really great. What I found um, has made this part a little easier is that in working on the podcast, I've gotten a little bit more comfortable just in word crafting. Yeah, definitely. And, and narrative building, and you know, kind of, kind of thinking through thoughts and things like that. I, you know, I might not have 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 done something like this if it weren't for that. Searching for other things, and you know, like trying to read a poem and figure out what they were talking about, so I could write about it. It was like, oh, I know what I'm talking about. It's a poem about the dishwasher. There we go. Here we go. <laughs> you know, lots of rumbling and gurgling sounds, and we're good. Um, <laughs> you know, so that 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 helps a lot. Um, but you're, you know, the voice is a very um, a special instrument, and every person's is incredibly unique, which in some ways yeah. is terrifying. Yeah, because just when you feel like you've figured something out, you're like, oh no! But this person's, you know, voice works completely differently. I have to completely rethink the way I, I, uh, I think about writing for this person's voice. That was one of the reasons why I do in the art song project, it was important to me to find specific collaborators to work with mm-hmm. so that I could write specifically for them and so that I could write things and send them to them and have them you know say, "Hey, you know, take a look at this. For my voice, this for yeah. for me, it's going to be this. You know you may want to adjust this or this isn't going to sound the way that you think it is, And that's been really great. Um, you know, so it's 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 been really enjoyable for me. Um, I don't know if all my collaborators would say the same
0: thing. I doubt it. <laughs> no, that's not nice. i like... <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm very I'm very challenging. sometimes no, they're they're all really wonderful. and um, and uh, you know, and I'm just i'm I'm waiting on on us to have some opportunities to to perform some of them and record some of them, and I'm putting the finishing touches on a few of them. but um, but that's been that's been really great. So the six art songs will be out sometime this year, either on the website or um. Some of them will probably get published, but probably not all of them. We'll see. We'll see how yeah. it goes. Publishing is a fickle business.
0: Well, because people are probably listening to this, and I love making sure that listeners can find like new arts on, do you think that they should come to your website for that? Can you tell them where where you, where you those might end up if they wanted to check
1: them yeah. out? Um, yes. I have two websites. Uh, so I have one, JasonNich.com and N-I-T-S-C-H. Um, The S doesn't belong, but for some reason we've got, we keep it. Um, JasonNitch.com is my my composer website. And so um, you you can find out a lot about me and you can hear a lot of demos. If you want to go to the kind of quote unquote store site, uh, you go to SuburbanZombieMusic.com. Yes, you heard it right, folks. SuburbanZombieMusic.com and yeah, that's um, memorable. Is, like, <laughs> it is memorable yeah, yeah 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 and uh everybody told me i needed a memorable name like what are you going to do like jason Nitch music like that's really <laughs> boring like, I, need, I need something better than that so yeah suburban zombie music uh dot com that's that's pretty much where all of my music lives and it's either linked to the publisher if it's a published piece nice. or you can Uh, you can listen to it you can watch the score videos and you can purchase and download um, download music there so uh, i have to say i have done this
0: and it is very easy i really like to point out your store as a good example so composers who are listening to this also go check out jason's store for for like uh design and and ease of buying scores it's 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 wonderful
1: (laughs) yeah well, and I I wanted it to be easy for me, and just as a byproduct, it became easy for the purchaser. So uh,
0: appreciated.
1: I want to make sure my intentions are clear. Like yes. it was really all about making it easy for me. But um, but yeah, it's 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 quite easy to use. So
0: I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> awesome. Well, Jason, I. I mean, I obviously you and I love to talk all the time, so we're going to keep doing that. But for this, for this point in time, I'm, I'm bringing us tomorrow. We'll record another one. Yeah. We'll just keep this going. Um, is I love to kind of finish up our conversations by talking about curiosity. I clearly, I run a whole podcast where I ask people questions and I think that curiosity is a superpower. And so I'm interested in what you're curious about these days.
1: This gives me a great chance to plug another new project I'm involved in while answering your <laughs> yes. question. Um, I, I've actually, I've gotten really interested in part because of, of uh, some of the podcast listening I've been doing. Yeah. I listened to a couple of podcasts um, on my drive to work these days. I, I've become really interested in like composer origin stories. Oh, in particular, like, you know, like, what was your entry point into music? Period. Like, yeah. you know, were you in a school group, or, or, you know, did you have a musical family, or, like, how did you, how did you get into music? Period. And then, like, what was, what did that look like when you decided you wanted to try to write? Yeah. You know, what, what was your, you know, what, what were people's sort of earliest experiences trying to do that? Um, so, I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm in the middle of putting together. I'm, I'm going to launch an, uh, a, a podcast later this year. <laughs> Called composer oh my, chats.
0: Oh my goodness, so many podcasts! Com-
1: composer chats, um, <laughs> where I have I have guest composers on, and I I pretty much that's what I want to talk about with them is um, is that sort of thing. What was their yeah. how'd they get their start in writing? What are some of the things that surprised them or disappointed them, or what were things that frustrated them, or you know, what's their advice for young people? Because I find that when I talk to my colleagues, we talk about it with each other a lot yeah but but we don't you you don't really talk about it
0: outside of that
1: to other people and i yeah and i think i think i think it's really interesting um and you know i don't want to talk to them about what their last piece was or like (laughs) which which of their pulitzers is their favorite there's (laughs) stuff out there for that or let's talk about why you used a d flat chord here instead of a g flat no one (laughs) no one is interested in that And and if they're anything like me, they don't know anyway. They're just like, usually it's like, well, my hand slipped a little bit and it didn't sound too bad, so I kept it. So that's that's one of the things that I'm working on now, and I've I've started reaching out to composers, and I have several lined up um, to start recording um, interviews and episodes. And so I hope by the end of the year that we've that we've released some of those. And um, and I think it could be really interesting. Mostly, it's interesting for me. Yeah. And like anything else I've done in my life, if it's interesting to anybody else, that's great. But what great. is really important is that it's interesting to me. Um, and you know, it's just it's something else that that I can do, and and hopefully people will find it as fascinating as I do. Um, cause I, I think it's, I think it's really interesting.
0: I love it. Okay. So composer chats,
1: that's. Composer chats.
0: Okay. Okay. So keep an eye out wherever floral, you get your, your solid podcast. More than one. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Beyond the Belt.
0: Yep.
1: Adventures from the Outer Room, season three, Memorial Day. Everywhere Excellent. podcasts are streaming. <laughs>
0: wonderful well Jason thank you so much for for coming onto my podcast and I can promise you that I won't be doing any other podcasts than this this is it and I'm like I will okay. not be expanding
1: <laughs> all right it's, six months from now it's going to be like hey everybody join me with for gardening with Megan We <laughs> go outside and we we prune the trees and we talk about you know um vowel shapes vowel
0: shapes I would no, love man. that, um, but I'd really have to work on my garden, gardening skills to to make that happen. So.
1: Oh no, no! The key is that you do it in somebody else's garden.
0: Ooh, I like. And this. you just do
1: it real quick. <laughs> do it real quick before they notice, and then you're out.
0: They'd be like, "Get off my lawn!" <laughs> so. Yeah. Jason, yeah. where you said you gave your you gave your websites, but are you? are you on the socials anywhere where people can find you and kind of also follow along with your exploits?
1: You can find me on the Tweety bird at Jason Nich. You can find me on the gram at Jason Okay. Composer. Okay. Um, and if you're an old person like me, you can find me on Facebook at Jason <laughs> K niche. Because I have a cousin whose name is also Jason Nich, and he got that name before I could get to it. So I had to use oh. my little initials. So,
0: It's too fast for (laughs) you. Okay, but are you you on the TikTok?
1: I am not on the TikTok, no. I I, I don't dance really well. (laughs) I don't don't feel like that's a good vehicle for me. No.
0: Okay, okay. Well, when you I mean, I could do a
1: series of TikToks about, you know, me at home writing, and it could just be me staring at the screen.
0: I feel like it's just going to be a series of the TikToks, you going through laser beam sounds, like just which one would you pick?
1: That's all it would be. That's all it would be. Every TikTok is
0: just an exploration of different explosions.
1: (laughs) It'd be the same every day. I'd just be in a different shirt. That's it. (laughs) That's all. Only difference.
0: I like it. So maybe. We'll see. So... Jason, thank you so much for coming on to studio class. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to kind of share with me your ideas and your thoughts about things. And I hope that people who are listening will come check out your music and and sing your songs. I really want that. And so um, hopefully we will continue to do this. I Maybe mean, we can do a follow-up episode in the future.
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Like next Tuesday, does that work? Yeah, I'm, right. I'm <laughs> gotta, get on, gotta get on my calendar early. very very busy
0: I know I know so (laughs) I know again Jason thank you and yeah I hope that I I do hope that we will get to do this again so thanks again for coming on studio class and we'll I don't know stay sparkly inside now
1: yes stay sparkly that's uh that's interesting that Mm -hmm. feels I feel like that's a hashtag
0: yeah and that is that is, the, is
1: that the hashtag for the podcast
0: it is i is. don't know if we use it as a hashtag but it's definitely a tagline so that'll that'll <laughs> okay
1: All Okay. Right. well yeah. I'll, I'll wear my t-shirt <laughs> just send me one
0: yes okay keep an eye out for the merch yeah. folks
1: <laughs>
0: thank you so much for listening to this masterclass episode on studio class hey before you go do you have a second Will you take a screenshot of this episode and share it to Instagram with your takeaways? You can tag me there, at MezzoEnen. That's M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. It makes a huge difference when you share this podcast with your friends. Or even strangers, really. (laughs) So, with that in mind, I hope you'll rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening!